Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's guest is Jessica Hoddle. Jessica is an author and the host of her own podcast, What's the Truth? Today, we're talking about the dichotomy between your feelings and facts and how to balance the two. Jessica, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. So we are Instagram friends, which it's really funny because when I first started the show, I felt like every single episode started with, we met on Instagram and then da da da, which that has changed over time, but it's super fun when I get to, I get to slide an Instagram friend in. So tell us or the listeners, because I know a fair amount about you, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So I met my husband on eHarmony. We have been married for roughly four years. We got, we were a little bit older, I guess you could say when uh, we got, he got married, we got married, (laughs) he got married. When we got married, uh, we don't have any kids, but we love animals. So we have three cats and he works in finance and I work from home. I have worked from home since I was 24. I worked full-time at Joint Fabrics first and started my fitness business while working full-time, worked all kinds of jobs to make the work at home life possible. And uh, so I've been working home ever since and I'm 32 now at the time of this recording. And I get really pumped up and jazzed about helping women get emotionally and physically healthy while keeping God at the center. And you do it super well. I'm just saying like you do it really well. Following you has been super educational and empowering for me. So I'm really excited to introduce you to the people that listen to the show and and the people on my Instagram. I know that just from following you that a ton of what you talk about is feelings and emotions and navigating them healthily. You also talk about physical health, but today we're going to talk about more kind of that that one-liner which people who have been around my space, not my space, but my space <laughs> hear me say a lot do you remember is, those days MySpace? i do i had oh, a MySpace no, i do too there. i remember making my background and getting excited was it like your top eight your top eight wow that so jacked us up for friendships by the way <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> anyway. for sure uh but i say a ton that feelings aren't facts and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're gonna unpack today but tell us a little bit about your story and the background that of what brought you to the place that talking about emotions and feelings and things like that became a passion point for you. It started, you know, I always tell people, you don't really know what trauma is until you come through something. Nowadays, I feel like it's more prevalent and we're aware of it and it's being taught more and more. But I basically came out of my mother's womb in trauma. You know, her pain from her past and my dad's pain from being an alcoholic and, you know, all the things that he was and then witnessing them together. I grew up in this home where physical abuse was a thing all the time. Mm -hmm. That was their expression of love towards each other Mm -hmm. and emotional abuse, which must, which, which was from my mother. So my father showed physical and my mother showed emotional and I kind of grew up in this home where I, you know, when you, when it's your caregiver, you kind of start to internalize it. 
and you want to take care of yourself. Also trying to, uh, you know, be there for your parents in a sense, but you don't know how to handle your own emotions. And then I just started growing up and I was always afraid of my parents and my dad, especially. And then I started to get this idea that just, if you don't take care of yourself, then nobody will. And I can remember being around 16 or 17 and just finally standing up to my dad when, you know, he would, you know, push my mom or, or something along those lines. So at a very young age, my body was in this constant one emotional roller coaster of mm-hmm. identity because I had such a dis dis uh, organized uh, attachment to my family, you know, my mom and dad. And I grew up in this, you got to take care of yourself. And I made all these promises, Josh, you're always going to have food. You're always going to have heat. You're always going to have hot water. And those promises led me to the, the hustle. Mm. It led me to the striving because I was my provider. I was, you know, take care of me. I didn't find the Lord until I was 22. Mm-hmm. And I, and I tell you kind of that history so that you can know that I spent most of my life putting my identity in men first. Mm-hmm. I was very young when I lost my virginity. I talk about it in my books. I was roughly 12 years old mm-hmm. when I lost my virginity to a man. And at that, girls don't know who they are then. And mm-hmm. it is at that point that I started giving myself to men. And then I started my fitness business. So it was everything of who I was in my body. And then it was everything of who I was in my work. Mm-hmm. So therefore I rode this emotional roller coaster pretty much all through my younger years into my twenties, mid to late twenties of who am I? What am I doing? What is my worth? And so when I talk about feelings and emotions, it's because I had to go through this healing journey to not react to the deep insecurities that I had felt for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like you're talking from a place of having this really idyllic childhood and life and you're saying, come on, come on, you can navigate this healthily. It's fine. You know, like you have walked the walk and had to do the work of what that even looks like. And so I feel like that background makes the statement your feelings aren't facts even more true because Mm -hmm. it goes both ways is the thing. I feel like a lot of the time when you hear that said, it's it's in relation to your feelings aren't facts, so what you're feeling isn't a fact. But you also kind of have to flip that on its head and say just because you don't feel something doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. Right? So talk a little bit about the kind of two sides of that coin. You know, when I, I never knew what love was, and this is just kind of a, a basic example I had a spiritual father come to my life and he accepted that role as a spiritual father and he would do things and express love towards me. And I didn't feel love, Mm. but that did not mean that he didn't love me. I could not experience love nor feel it because I never knew what it was like to allow somebody to love on me without having to have to do something back for them. Right. And so this whole idea, a lot of people will say, well, I can't feel God's presence. So we pray for him to be near. Well, praying for him to be near is assuming his absence. And Mm. he promises that he's always with me and he's always near us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So that means that just because we can't feel his presence doesn't mean he's not there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said I, I was talking actually in my stories today, the day that we're recording, about that your sin can no longer separate you mm-hmm. from God and that just because I think I said you don't necessarily feel gravity, but that doesn't mean that it is not holding you to the ground. Yeah. Right. And so. No, you know, I was going to talk when I think about feelings aren't facts either. It's this idea that most of the time our feelings are very subjective mm-hmm. because feelings typically are triggered by the emotions. So feelings are sparked by emotions, which are feelings are the things that hold our stories. That mm-hmm. means that, you know, the, the memories we have, the experiences we have, the images we create in our head, we can experience things subconsciously, which can be triggered so that we feel a certain way, or we can consciously think and meditate on something and actually trigger the emotions and the mm-hmm. feelings to happen. So they can happen either way. Right. But it's, it's important that we understand most of the time what we're feeling is a story that we've told ourselves, mm. typically lies that we've believed or people have spoken over us or, or the things that we carry so desperately that we react to them and we think that they're facts because we've lived on them for so long. Yes, yes. So that makes me think of this example in my life of my oldest when she was one had a really severe febrile seizure and Mm -hmm. the paramedics OD'd her on Ativan and Mm -hmm. it was and she almost she almost died and it was the most traumatic thing I've ever walked through and for probably two years after that anytime she felt remotely warm I lost it because the fever caused the caused the seizure which caused the the overdose and and exactly what you're saying is what ended I ended up through very intensive counseling having to backtrack and kind mm-hmm. of undo was this story that I had partially experienced but also partially told myself that if she gets a fever she's going to have a seizure and she's going to get OD'd again and she's going to die this time. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think so many people have have they have some kind of story and and the issue is that no one is teaching us to navigate that. Nobody's teaching us to, okay, why don't, let's talk about that. We're trying to fix it. It's like such a quick fix. Fix the feeling, get rid of it, make it go away, numb it, whatever you need to do. Instead of actually digging into where, what story are you telling? What are you believing that's causing you to feel that way? Yeah. I mean, emotions are telling your body what to feel Mm -hmm. and the emotions are the chemical response that actually goes throughout your entire body in the feel and the emotion actually only lasts for roughly like six seconds, Mm -hmm. but the feeling is what lasts, which is why we can create moods, you know, like I'm just in a mood today. And typically moods are that collective information that we've meditated on for a long time. Mm. And so we kind of, we have an emotion then we have the feeling, which is the experience. And then we tend to, if we live in that, then we'll create the mood. And so there, therefore, we kind of can create this, um, I would say, alternate reality that doesn't exist. But it, it's allowing ourselves to, the more we understand the brain and how powerful it is, and we see it all throughout scripture. He tells us many times about renewing our mind to renew our inner man day by day. And it's that soul process because the soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Mm -hmm. 
And therefore, it becomes the gateway of whether we partner with the body, which is the flesh and everything that produces, or if we partner with the spirit, which then if we partner with the spirit releases to the soul, which we manifest God's goodness, right? Right. Being able to, I always walk people through kind of this five stuff and it's kind of this basic, um, I don't say basic, but it has helped me many times when I'm in a heightened state of feeling to walk myself and not talk myself down, but allowing myself to experience the tension because he Mm -hmm. tells us that we can have peace in the midst of suffering and there's tension there. Right. And so one, we just have to acknowledge it. So you, one, you just acknowledge something's not right. I don't feel right right now. What? And then you go right into the second question of identifying it. So you acknowledge, which is really just key to awareness because we tend to react. And the more that you go through counseling or this process of whether it's journaling or anything to begin to acknowledge the stories that you told yourself maybe about offense or feeling unseen or not feeling loved, you can then begin to recognize those moments that you're triggered by maybe something your child says to you or your husband Mm. says to you or your friend says to you. So therefore you can acknowledge, then you can identify, and then you can accept. But here's the difference with the accepting. You're not saying it's who you are because we have this message, right? I am what I feel. Right. We're taught that like you are what you feel just right. follow your heart. And nowhere in scripture does he ever say, follow your heart. <laughs> he tells us how deceitful the heart is. Yes. So therefore we need to make sure it's the mind. It's the thought. So we accept it without claiming it as our identity. We go, okay, right now I'm feeling sad, angry, mm-hmm. anxious, whatever it is. Therefore we can ask ourselves, what is it communi- communicating to me? Which is the amazing question that you get to ask yourself of, okay, it is going to be a yellow blinking light, which is telling you to slow down, or it's going to be this red light that's like, hey, you, you need to stop mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And therefore, the fifth thing is your conversation with God. Because four really helps you ask yourself, what is it that you need? Do you need to walk away? Do you need to just understand and bring yourself kind of, um, there's a, style that they call grounding, where you bring yourself back right now by addressing things that you see. Like I feel my hands, it's warm outside. Or you can do like um, emotional attention where you just start asking yourself like, okay, I'm an adult. I'm here right now. You're not the 15 year old girl anymore. You're Mm -hmm. an adult decisions. I'm safe right now. You know, you start to bring yourself back. And that's really what that number four helps you do. And then five, you have that conversation with God, which is when you bring the truth up the rear and you start to demolish the lie basically over and over again every time this happens. I'm so bad at this. Like so bad at this. I just, I feel like I need to say that out loud in case somebody's listening and they there's shame or guilt creeping in that they don't know how to do this well. Like yeah. same, because... Like, you and I were talking before we started recording. I don't do any of these things. And instead, the stress and the tension manifests physically until I actually crash and burn. Which is very Enneagram 8 of me. Uh, I don't want to feel the things. I don't want to talk about feeling the things. No, thank you. Hard pass. (laughs) But the issue is, is that I I don't give myself the opportunity to get to number five. Yeah. Which is 
talking to God about how I feel, which you probably aren't supposed to admit on a Christian podcast that you're not great about talking to God about what you feel, but I'm just, I'm not. I can talk to him about, I can pray for other, I can go to battle for other people, but yeah, I, I'm really thankful that I was taking notes while you were talking about that because this is going to be, this is going to be fun to unpack for me. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I'm the one that always asks, like, I would sit you down over and over and be like, okay, Blake, what is it you're feeling? Okay, tell me, mm-hmm. you can't express what you're feeling because most of the time when you've been through trauma or you've had anxiousness or something for so long, you can't express what you feel because mm-hmm. your brain has literally protected you. And I think that's one thing. A lot of times, I work with a lot of women. So people will say, you know, my body's against me. It's actually, no, your body is for you. God Mm. made your body for you. It is actually protecting you and trying to take care of you. We actually just get to partner with it, which is why it's, it's that expression of God's love that we get to be kind. We get to be patient with ourselves. There is no shame in knowing, because let me tell you, I don't got this done right. Right. I just shot at my I just shot at my husband earlier because he asked me the same. I, I thought he was going to ask me the same question that he's already asked me. He's like, "Hey, what time do you have your interview tonight?" I'm like, "Babe, I told you I have it at 8:30." And he's like, "You didn't let me finish, you know." And so I, I do that because I'm the one that grows. Like, okay, but I'm responding and reacting out of emotion. So mm-hmm. let me just say, sister. I definitely don't got it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That makes me feel better. But no, but I mean, the fact that you you can unpack and articulate that so clearly is such a gift to, to me and to the people that are listening. Okay, I have some super exciting news. This is not your typical ad, so don't skip over it. Like, don't be rude. Don't skip over it. This is really exciting. Uh, You have more than once heard from my best friend, Jeanette Tapley, on the podcast. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen her there all the time. We are so pumped to tell you something really exciting. And I have a special guest that's going to tell you about it. We're starting a podcast together. Yay! (laughs) Yay! The Room at the Table podcast is going to launch June 15th. And it is going to be a space for us to remind you what community over competition really looks like, uh, that we are going to share tangible and personal stories from behind the scenes of running businesses and podcasts and ministries and just of our friendship that technically should be a competition. Uh, So we're super excited. It's going to be really good. You can go ahead and subscribe to Room at the Table podcast and the first episode will drop on the 15th. Yeah, come on and hang out with us because there's always room at the table for you. How do you balance at that point? I feel like there's a balance between acknowledging my feelings aren't facts and going through identifying, accepting, and what is this communicating and talking to God about it? Is there space in that to also allow yourself to feel what you're feeling? I always say there needs to be grace to express that. Absolutely. Because there are moments where I'm just like, man, I'm really feeling something today. And it's giving yourself permission to be curious. Mm. And I think that's really what it is. It's compassion, but also telling yourself that you're not a problem to fix in a sense. Sometimes when we're like, okay, I just need to forgive myself. And we keep going through this process. When we think we need to forgive ourselves, sometimes it's we're taking ourselves down this path that you've done so many things wrong. And so you're reinforcing kind of this lie in your, in your brain that you're unfixable. 
You need to forgive yourself all the time because you're such a mess up and a screw up, right? But Mm -hmm. it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And so it's the goodness of who he is that leads us in a different direction, right? It's not his anger. He's not out like slashing people and lightning bolts. You know, it's that goodness of God that leads us into the kindness of who he is. And I think that's what's important is, one, I say sorry a lot. Mm. Like I will react and I'll go back and say, hey, babe, that had nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. I am feeling X, Y, Z, and this triggered this. And this is why, like, I can usually do it 20-20 hindsight. And I would say the other half of the time, I'll feel something. And that's when you'll, you know, when your, uh, your nervous system kicks in and it's trying to protect you because your heart will race. Mm-hmm. You'll start to get kind of anxious. You might feel sweaty. You know, like that's when your body's like communicating, like something's not right. Something's like, should we run? Should we stay? Do we go? You know, uh, mm-hmm. and you're either going to go into hyper arousal, which if you just think of hyper, you're going to go into that anxiousness. You're going to feel overwhelmed or other people will turn into hypo, which is that uh, the opposite. You feel sluggish, you're tired, mm-hmm. fatigued, and that's how your body will start to respond to the threat or the story that you've held with the feeling, the emotion. Yes. I love that the lining are not a problem to fix. Yeah. I feel like probably a really good chunk of the people that are listening heard that and it feels a little, ooh, oh, am I not a problem to fix? (laughs) Because we're, and and that's, that's something we are, we're told. Hustle culture Mm -hmm. tells us that. Church culture tells us that. Hollywood culture tells us that like we are a problem to fix. Our body is a problem to fix. Our feelings are a problem to fix. I think that's really, that probably is going to touch a nerve. I know mm-hmm. not long ago it would have, that would have been hard for me to hear. I believe that now, but mm-hmm. that God loves, God loves you and accepts you where you are. Does he want to see you? grow in believing and trusting him and and believing and trusting what he says about you yes but we have this view that god is looking down on us just kind of with that crossed arm rolling his eye you know and that's just not is so inaccurate and we transpose how we feel about ourselves onto how god feels about us and I think, therefore, we really handicap our relationship with him. And and mm-hmm. then you, know, you backtrack that and then you're handicapping your ability to, like you're saying, come to him with this is how I'm feeling about X, Y, Z. And so I think that that's really, really important in, especially if you've walked through any kind of trauma, which if you're human, you have most likely walked through some kind mm-hmm. of trauma. Yeah. That, that, I, I always tell women that, you know, because sometimes we have that message too, where God loves you the way you are. You don't have to even show up, you know? Right. And I it swings too far the other way. Have, yeah. Yeah. It's, we take, it's that whole pendulum of the freedom thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, they're swinging one way. And I say, we can be content. In, can, we can have contentment in God's truth without complacency in action. Mm. That's and that's good. really like grounded. I can be content in God's truth, but he doesn't call me to be complacent in action because faith without works is what? Dead. And then you said something too that reminded me 
um, when I think about, you know, just the way that we preach about who God is in, in the church, especially that he's this God that's cr- crossing his arms. And we often tell people, don't sin, don't sin versus really helping them understand the other side so that they don't sin is right. the, the way that you view God will also be the way that you be yourself. And this was important mm. to me to understand is that if you were made in his image, in his likeness, that means you are a, you know, synonyms for that is a copy, right? You're made in his mm-hmm. image. How you view the father, whether you view him as a punisher or somebody that only loves you when you do good things will be the full abs- expression of who you think you are. Mm. Therefore, that's they so go good. hand in hand. And I think that's why I'm always challenging women now when it comes to their identity is who do you believe God to be and what do you believe his heart is for? Mm. Because then you will express those same characteristics because you were made in his image. Who do you believe God to be and what do you believe he is for? Yeah, his heart is for. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it really does. I mean, I feel like everything boils down to that question, mm-hmm. right? Our reactions, our emotions, our feelings, our ability to bring those things to God, our ability to not view ourselves as a quote unquote problem to fix. Mm-hmm. It boils down to what we believe about, you know, I say mm-hmm. a lot who we are and whose we are. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, talking about the space with the emotion is that nowadays nobody's allowing themselves to feel. Mm. So therefore, this is the thing I like to say is that when I run from my emotions, they run me. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's important is that most of the time people are telling, even believers were saying, get over it. Mm -hmm. Here's your faith bandaid. I know (laughs) God is good, but I just need a moment to express right now that it sucks yes and i can end my butt with yes. he is good yes but before my butt i want to say i am feeling yes good right and that really idea. that really was where i landed especially beginning of coronavirus stuff yeah was i felt like i was seeing <laughs> if i'm being totally honest i felt like i was having so much peppy pithy detached Christian content shoved down my throat Mm. where I ended up pretty consistently just showing up on my stories and being like, guys, this sucks. Mm. This sucks. I'm tired. I'm confused. I'm conflicted. And God is good. Yeah. Like, And that's, and you know, by and large, the response to that was a sense of, of people being thankful that somebody was, was saying it. But it's exactly, it's a faith band-aid. And I say that about the hustle a lot. I say that the the hustle put paper patches on these gaping wounds. Anything we try to fix our wounds with other than Jesus is a band-aid. And we got to stop doing that and let ourselves feel things, let ourselves process things, take them to the Father and let him speak truth into it. Or heck, yeah. let like somebody solid in your life speak truth into it. Mm-hmm. And I was, it's recognizing that sometimes we have these loops open and just studying in, in my own time of other understanding pain is, you know, God is a father who never, 
who never has to close a loop of our pain because he doesn't have sin. He is love, right? Mm-hmm. Love or uh, the, the law and sin, it was all selfish. But mm-hmm. love and grace and the new covenant that we're under, it's unselfish. Mm-hmm. His love is unselfish. And therefore, when we think about these loops we have in our life, and, and the visual I always think of is you can walk into a closet and you have all these cubby holes, right? And then you start to pull it out and you're like, eh, I'm going to push that back in. And we have these loops that are sometimes so we're so afraid and we're scared and we don't want to feel it, but these loops stay open and then they just either create a bigger loop or they create more loops and they feed into each other. But God is this God that he's always calling us to restoration and he's always calling us to healing. He's like, Hey, just, just because this happened doesn't mean that you need their closure. Mm. And I think a lot of us sometimes walk around with that self-righteousness I know I did for a really long time. I thought everybody owed me because of the pain I had. Mm. Like that's just to be honest. I was like, nope, you owe me this. I even said one time, which is so, this is so low of me. But I was like, I'm going to get a nice wedding ring because I have been so hurt by men. Mm. Yeah. Like it was just out of my pain. Yep. But that is this God where now that we're adults, we can actually create the closure ourselves. We Mm. can take the responsibility to just walk through those emotions and those pain loops and God can begin to close them. I'm not saying this happens right away. It happens over time. And sometimes your body, again, it keeps the score. Even when you think something, you know, has gone, something might trigger a smell, a sight, Mm -hmm. a song. It's why we respond, right? We can smell Thanksgiving dinner and think of when we were 10, right? Right. It's just our bodies remember that. And it's not good nor bad, but we get, our brains are so powerful in our thoughts, which is why I think he included, hey, guys, make sure you think on this. Right. You know, and he's reminding us all the time, the fruit of the spirit is this. Here's what you will get when you think and partner with my spirit. And that's important because what what do we get? We get that goodness. We get the kindness. We get the love. We get to experience these things because of who he is. You know, I think that just one of the most important things I always like to tell women is that God wants to do something in you and through you, but he can't do it without you. He's Mm. a kind father, kind father, and he will challenge us and he will put people in our way and he'll put you know, situations, not, I'm not saying he's put all these bad situations. I'm just saying there are situations where we, we get this opportunity for him to work in us and through us, but it's our willingness to partner with whatever's happening for his glory, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, yes, we pray, but then we respond and we move in that direction of our prayer. And we stand on that, not just in our prayers, but this is something that's really important with our words. Yes. Oh my gosh. Our words matter so much. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And I love that you in- are, we are included in this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like yes. he didn't create us just for funsies. Yeah. We have a, a purpose and he wants to partner with us and use us. And one of my least favorite things people say is I just, I just need to get out of the way. Well, don't get out of the way. Cause who, what, who do you want him to use? It's true. Yeah, it's true. You know yeah. what I mean? The rocks. I mean, he'll he'll do it, but he wants to use you. So yeah, don't you know? You can't. We and that's a whole and that's a whole different podcast interview. The whole idea yeah. of I need to just empty myself and get out of the way. Well, no, he already filled you. You yeah. have a new heart, and don't get out of the way. Like move move for him. He wants mm-hmm. to partner with you, and, and doing not- all these things that we've talked about. 
yeah helps you do that well so good I, i'm i'm like totally agree and i feel as though most believers walk around feeling powerless mm-hmm. and that is i'm not saying that things don't happen that make us feel you know weak we know that scripture because it's one of your favorites right but like mm-hmm. that his strength is made strong mm-hmm. but with the Holy Spirit comes power. Mm-hmm. And that means that we can rebuke and we can reject, that we don't have to accept, that we can stand on God's truth. So therefore, you are not a powerless victim in this world. The enemy has no control over you. You Amen. get to tell him to shut up, take a seat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not powerless. And that's something that I want to keep sharing with women because we're just walking around with our heads down just, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel powerful. It's just, no, the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. You have it. There's no big, small Holy Spirit. You are a <laughs> powerful person. Yeah. You can't get more of Jesus. You, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's so good. So good. I feel like we're, we could, well, funnily enough, we are going to do another podcast interview right after this for your show. So yep. make sure you don't miss that. I feel like we could just launch into a whole nother podcast interview <laughs> with so I know, we're gonna, I know, I agree. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do rapid fire questions. We close every episode with a with rapid fire questions. The first one is what's your Enneagram type? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me this. Do you not know? I have a secret. I don't know. That's okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm, it's I was like, man, I know she's gonna ask me this. I should take the test today. Stop. No, that would have been terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> like, then you would have just been like know. landing on a number. Sometimes I think I'm a one, but then because okay. I'm like a very processed person, I'm a systemized person. I love lists. Um, but I also like you said that you don't you, with an eight, you don't really like to like process the emotions a lot. I'm like, well, I'm a processor too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me ask you all the questions so we can get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's also a side of me. So yeah. I'm not sure which number I am. Yeah. And I'm not going to like try to type you on the air. So that's totally okay that you don't know your type. The <laughs> second one is what or how do you take your coffee? I don't take coffee. What do you drink? I drink, uh, if I drink and it's usually tea of some kind, I'm a really boring drinker. Um, but I drink a ton of water. I know it's okay. I'm pretty lame there. But yeah, I don't drink. Oh. I'll drink some kombucha. Oh, okay. Yeah, kombucha is good. Yeah. And some tea. I'm trying okay. to think what else am I drinking else? Totally I'm, no judgment. I'm, I don't really, I drink decaf. I have been caffeine free for, like, gosh, almost four years now yeah. uh, because of anxiety. But, um, but I, I like coffee. So I just drink Have you it. heard of the Dandy Blend coffee? No, what's that? Okay, so, so Danny Blunt, it's not really like a coffee. It's actually a root and it tastes like coffee. And oh, snap. Coffee addicts, like yeah. addicted to Dandy Blunt because it's really even good for your body, what it produces because it's a root. Um, but huh. it, you open the bag and it smells just like coffee. It's called Dandy Blend. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out because, yeah, I mean, I would love to replace it with something that's like actually good for me. <laughs> Look it up. You can buy like little bags to try it. Yeah. But um, it would, you just mer- do like just like coffee. You can always blend it in with your decaf if you want something later in the night. That's what my husband does. If yeah. you want something late at night, he won't even do like decaf or anything. He'll just mix up some dandy blend. I'm not saying it's like the cure for coffee, but. No, yeah. Nice but I mean, it's something to check out. I will definitely check that out. Um, the last one is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? <laughs> oh, boy. 
I think strength. Oh, I don't know if anybody said that. Yeah. You know what? I deep down, like I, I'm very sweet in this girl. I feel like on the outside of like, I love you. Let's talk about your feelings. But deep down inside, I'm kind of the karate girl, the ninja. I just want to, there's just like fight people, you know, like yes. I'm that protector inside. So I have this like ninja girl that loves to watch movies that are powerful women leaders. Like if I could mm. be Wonder Woman with power, like strength stuff, you know what I'm yes. saying? That yes. would be I like strength. I love that. I love that. And I love that nobody's, I don't think anybody has said that. And I love it. That's such a great answer. (laughs) Such a great answer. Jess, thank you so much for taking the time to unpack all of this and share your wisdom and share your story. I know that this episode is going to be really impactful for people. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for having me. Tell everybody where they can find and follow you and connect with you and all those things. Mm, Yeah, you can... If you're on a podcast app now, you can uh, look for my podcast called What's the Truth? The Lake will be on there as well. <laughs> it, we address a lie every week, which is kind of unpopular, but I'm cool with that. I love it. And then you can find me anywhere on, anywhere on social media pretty much as Jessica Hoddle. My website is JessicaHoddle.com um, and Instagram. Perfect. All right. Thank you, girl. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.